TV. Bye, men in. Now back to the movie. Ah, oh, the Grease poster is up. Yay. And there's, you notice there's no branding. It doesn't say Grease or anything like that. It's just no. the characters. There's no text. But to be fair, I'm sure that was the poster they were selling. Oh, sure, sure. Now, in Saturday Night Fever, when uh, John Travolta wakes up, Farrah Fawcett's on the wall. You remember the famous poster? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How many movies, though, had, like, Travolta from uh, Saturday Night Fever on the wall? There were a couple films I remember. Yeah. There's a connection section in uh, IMDb on that, and I didn't bother. Who cares? Yeah. Listen, and, you know, this is her house. She bought this house, and that's what she's bragging about. This is essentially a date, and she is so happy. Whoa, this is suggestive television. No? Mm-hmm. One man's opinion. Eileen Brennan was in All in the Family. She was in uh, Sorry, guys. I got kicked out. Here I am back. Do you hear me now? Yes. Okay, I'm plugged into the router. Sounds good. We were talking about toasters from the 80s. Uh (laughs) Aha! Well, I was a toaster in the 80s. I was always New Year's Eve. (laughs) Cheers, everyone! Made a lot of money that day. Is he pinching her ear? What is he doing there? God, stop that. Look how clean shaven he is. That's not what I imagined his body would look like. Oh, right. Spotless it is. I think it probably was shaved. You? For TV? How much did they have to pay Warren Oates to, to be able to shave his chest? It's like, you know, that had to be extra. That like that paid for his pool right there. Shaving yeah. his chest paid for his pool. <laughs> I think he woke up and like they were they were pulling the hair off him. Like, fuck. Got me. So you want to take a swing at me? Oh yeah, I've never been the brig. I don't think so. <laughs> No, that's right. So is Christine next door listening to this? Or like she's in a different I think she's under the she's under the bed, I think. No. No. (laughs) She is back at the horse trailer, their home, and she's upset that he's going on a date with her. She was saying before, like, mom was nicer than her and all this static, you know. She doesn't like that a substitute mom is here. God, yeah. yeah. Look at that, how pale he is. That is, yeah, that is, is this like a, this is a deep fake, right? This is clearly his, his, his face on someone else's body, someone right? There's no way. Oh. Like the mileage varies. You look at his face, you look at his body, you're like, what happened? Also, Warren Oates is twiddling his thumbs. There we go. Well, That's his actor's choice right now. He's twiddling no, his no. thumbs. No, but if you're listening to the audio, there's a reason. <laughs> he's asked her for $2,000. That's what he's done. He's asked her. Okay. Do you remember uh, Mr. Noodle's brother, <laughs> Michael Peter, screwed over him three years ago? Well, he wants to make it up with him. He's doing an illegal kind of – he's a jockey, you know, and he's going to on purpose lose a race. So he gave him this tip. You bet money on this race, and then, you know, you, you've got a sure winner. And that shows you I'm still your friend. But is, is, the horse is going to win, though, right? 
right 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 <laughs> the, the, the horse is gonna win isn't it is mr win? noodle's brother will make sure that his horse does not win that the other horse wins okay important question here okay. I, I don't think this movie will make sense otherwise if i don't get this clear okay is mr noodle's brother not also mr noodles or does no. he have a different name he his name is michael jeter Okay, let's see. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Mr. Noodle's him. brother's name is Michael Cheater. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> is, Glad uh, we got that cleared up. <laughs> Mr. Noodles is Elmo's friend, right? On right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he would be part, he would be Mr. Noodle's brother in it. Oh, montage. Short white shorts montage. <laughs> nice. Well, first of all, with the fall colors. Okay, so a, a, this is one of the entertaining parts of this movie. I know this movie's yeah, not right. good, but <laughs> what's going to happen is they're going to bet on a horse, okay? Then he's wow. going to call back to the jockey's room, and the jockey's going to tell him things have changed. Now this horse is going to win. So he goes and bets on that horse, but he doesn't tell Marie, or he doesn't tell Christy McNichol or um, – um, what's her name? I forgot all of a sudden. Eileen Brennan? Eileen Brennan. She, yeah. And so she'll think they lost and she'll be beating them up. And then he'll reveal that they won. And that'll make her mad because she, she's been tricked. So she'll be beating them up. Uh, you know, I've just figured it out. Mike, what, I figured out what Michael Jeter has been emanating all this time. Yeah. And it's New York State, New York stage actors slumming for a check energy. That's what's coming off of him in waves right now. He, he knows he's better than this, but he's doing it anyway, because what the hell? I could well, go upstate. I could shoot because I have one man in day on Saturday, but then I got to be back on Monday. Exactly. He's no, in a Pittman he, revival. has to be there for that. His days are to come. Right now, he is a no-one actor. He'll mm -hmm. be in Evening Shade for four years, and then he'll be somebody. <laughs> I can't even. What is Evening Shade again? Was it a sitcom or was it? Detective? It's the Burt Reynolds sitcom, wasn't it? Burt Reynolds, all right. I remember that. Never watched a single episode. He was in Never Selig. Cared. That's cool, right? He was in Selig. But he was in <laughs> Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, and that is not cool. Do you get it? Because she's a nun. And and so she's back he's in the back habit. In the so so let me get this straight. You forgive him for being in a Woody Allen movie, but being in Sister Act Two, that's a bridge too far for you, huh? That's right. He was okay, in fair the enough. Fisher King. He was in the Fisher King. Now that's very cool. Oh yeah, yeah. But he Lydia, we've got the porn for you, Lydia. Yeah. But he was in Waterworld, and that is not cool. But you know what is cool? Eileen Brennan with a flower in her hair. Bingo. That Bingo. That, that that forgives all sins right there. Well, I got money on uh, Boxcar. Come on, go Boxcar. Come on, Boxcar. Come on, Mr. Noodles, brother. Michael needs a new pair of mutiny <laughs> rental. Rent, uh, yeah, rent. right. We got August dues to pay. <laughs> Come on, Boxcar. And it's Boxcar. Oh, they must have the announcer. It can't be a sports movie without the sports announcer. Now, look how mad she, like, not mad, but. Oh, Eileen Brynn is up on the chair. Fuck yeah. He's into it. Yeah, so they're her. pissed, but he's happy, right? He's pretending not to smile. No, it's a photo finish, so there's pressure right now. They don't know who won. Photo. Pressure. Pressure. 
racetracks haven't changed much. Oh, are, are we going to get to see him tearing up a ticket after the race is over? I always like No, that. that's what you lose. That's what oh, you okay. Lose. <laughs> is he gonna that, that's, all I, that's all I know about horse racing is that at some point you tear up the ticket. That's all I know. <laughs> but if there's a girl with My father with at the races. <laughs> yeah, but if there's a dad on the track, usually the kid has a stuffed animal. Now look, they lo- she's like we lost and he's like we won, but he's not saying uh, anything. And she's I'm, gone, you jerk, I'm going to... And Leisure Suit Larry is standing behind Wardo's. <laughs> oh, there he is. There's Leisure Suit Larry. All right. Oh, there he is, Leisure Suit Larry. I can't believe it. <laughs> Jaw drop. Wait a minute. You're supposed to get the bottle and then give it to the cab driver and then go and uh, put the dollar bill in the middle. Oh, I was doing it all wrong. <laughs> okay, now he's been attacked. So he says, what does this say? What does this say? And she's like, well, that's the winning ticket. Tear up the ticket. Tear it up. Now she's mad that she's been deceived. <laughs> Oh, she hit him with the purse. Oh, yeah, a good purse right, hit. Back. The guys love it. You get, like, the, the only thing I miss from the 20th century in movies is women hitting men with their purses. You don't get that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because usually the phone's in the purse. You don't want to damage Exactly. Ah, yeah, just keep going at it with the purse. Nice. <laughs> so, so the gangsters are going to... Ch- be wise, right? They can, he can't get a break. No gangsters in this film. No Ernest Hemingway gangsters? No. You know, the story was different, man. Uh, the, he knew, first of all, it was not Joe a woman. It was Joe a man. It was a boy. And he knew his father. His father was a jockey. Uh, that was a much deeper, there were similarities, but it's just not the same. There was no Eileen Brennan character. He didn't buy a balloon and then let it into the sky. Watch, he buys this balloon and just lets it go. Maybe it's a gender reveal uh, balloon. (laughs) Yeah, it covers all the bases. (laughs) We're having whatever catches on fire is the uh, gender reveal. That said, I do like that Christy McNichols' character is to use the parlance of the times. I do like that she's a tomboy. That there hasn't been like oh clown on the wall, but there has not been any real attempt to like fim her up. Well, yeah. that's fair. That's really I like true. that. I like that. You know what? They're fimming up Eileen Brennan. They're making her yeah. the sex pot. That is oh good call. Good yeah. call, John Ehrman. <laughs> I mean, look at I mean, look at that. She has her. She's she's wearing her top like she's in prison. Like she's the queen bitch in prison. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Eileen Brennan runs this wing. <laughs> And it's a different flower. It's a blue flower now. Ooh. Oh, so they know he's crooked. Someone has to know. Someone's right? got to remain on parade. Well, this guy, David Margulies, you've seen his face before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, isn't he? He's the mayor in Ghostbusters, isn't he? Yeah, that's exactly right. And yeah. Ghostbusters, too. He's in Ace Ventura. He's been all over. Uh, you, you're not supposed to like him in this uh, film. He was yeah. on The Sopranos. He was uh, uh, Times Square. That's a little old now, but Times Square. Yeah, nineteen eighty. Remember, remember that it was a di- nine and a half weeks. Of all the old uh, movies, we're talking about Times Square is the one you single out for being a little old. Wow. Well, it was nineteen eighty. Um, yeah, that was nineteen eighty. Like I was a freshman in high school. It's kind of old to me. The other fair enough. Much fair more enough. Recent. Like the 90s. But There's I, no M&M store. Yeah. Oh, back when New York was cool, man. Yeah. 
back when it was dangerous. God, Look, she's smoking. Look. Oh, sure, it's a bar. Okay, the guy on the right, the guy sitting across from Michael Jeter, that character actor. Yeah, that's what. What is his name? He, he. That's the guy where it's like it's driving me crazy. I've seen him in so many things, but I can't quite place him. Well, I think I'm probably going to fail you because Carl. In my research, yeah, it could be Joseph Leon, but it probably isn't. It could also be mm, Joseph Leon as Shimmy. Yeah, Joseph Leon as Shimmy. That's right. That's the only one I don't have researched. So that's probably him, but I don't think so. Are they dancing to King Tut? By Steve Martin, yeah. Yes. Now, here is Love Interest, and this is the only time in which we're going to get – I think they might kiss. They're going to dance, and they're going to dance in private. Come on, Christy McNichol. Come on. Go ahead and kiss baby James Marsden. Do it, do it under the clown painting. Baby James Marsden. <laughs> Now, in real life, she is a lesbian, or at least was at the time, and she eventually had a breakdown because it was very difficult for her that she had to hide it. Mm -hmm. um, it was 1982. Oh, yeah. She had an emotional breakdown. During a filming of a movie in France, she derailed the whole movie. I'm sure they blamed her. Oh, yeah. I'm sure, they, I'm sure the word hysteric was brought up at least one point. No, but guys, be fair. Listen to this. People Magazine reports she could not sleep and she cried the entire time she was in France. Oh, that yeah. Was when she did sleep, she cried on the set at work. Now, if you're hired to do a movie and it's ready, roll them, and your star is sitting there crying, you might say she's being hysterical. We A lot of money's been invested in this. We're doing a film. It's yeah, but all, all stars, all stars are assholes. All stars are, are putting on... on motion there it's all factored in there uh, just because one person acts one way doesn't mean you you know like i'm sure men, everyone else were assholes there like i mean know. men are studs and women are sluts it's basically the same thing you know men can be difficult you know when men are being difficult it's because they're artists when women are being difficult it's because they're bitches and they're just holding everything up it's yeah, like when you know, I, you know I, when when gene roddenberry when the whole production got shut down because of his ego and because of the constant rewrites they just shut down production for a week, and that was that. What could you do? But if Persis Kambata, she was told not to get sick or to come in even if she was sick because it would cost the production $30,000 a day if they couldn't shoot because of her. And they guilt-tripped her so hard. Mm. But but when they weren't able to shoot because Gene Roddenberry you know, was being a dick, eh, it's what are you going to do? He's an artist. He's a man. He's, He's a writer. A person, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, Look, Gene Roddenberry, sure, he's the gender of a man, but he <laughs> created Star Trek. He is the king at the top of the pyramid. If that guy says we're shutting down production, I don't think anyone's going to go, you know, there's a reason he's, yes, he's a male, but consider he is the Star Trek. They didn't, they didn't, the, the film wasn't produced right. You know, he was screwing he, it up. It's, he didn't. He, he got producer credit, but he didn't really produce the film. Um, Robert Robert Wise was the actual producer, of the main the main producer of the film. Him and him and Michael Eisner, and uh, Roddenberry was just basically there as a figurehead. Roddenberry was there because the fans demanded Roddenberry be there. Otherwise, and Roddenberry didn't want to be there. That was it was really too much work for him. He didn't care enough about the project to really be involved day to day when the, when the going got tough. That's so, so script here. 
you know, you would think, I understand why the fans would demand him just for symbolism, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he had convinced, he convinced the fans that it's not real Star Trek unless I'm there. Yeah. And then the movie, and then this movie came out, the Gene Roddenberry production, and you know his name was all over it. They didn't like it, and then he got basically sidelined. He was not really involved in the second film, and oh. the fans, and the fans to this day, <clears throat> you know, they they ate crow and said, you know what, this is what we wanted all along. <clears throat> the Gene Roddenberry movie, there's no action, there's no shit blowing up, we don't get phasers firing, there's nothing that we, there's no actual there action. In time, yeah. Mm-hmm. And because there was and because there was phasers and ships blowing up and stuff, then they were happy with it. That was what they wanted Star Trek to be. Yeah. And I go into all of this in my book. I go I go into a big discussion of violence in Star Trek in uh, in my book. You know what I'm going to be buying at Amazon as soon as we're done. This is a very <laughs> interesting book, at least to a nerd like me. I yeah. yes, I you know, I'm not gonna be modest. It's a great book. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> now Warren Oates is like do you? You messing with my daughter? And he's like, no, sir. And he goes, all right, I believe you. Sit down. <laughs> You're a good uh, kid, baby, James too. Marsden. Yeah. Meanwhile, the headline of the paper, guy sleeps with Chrissy McNichol. Full <laughs> <laughs> news. So, so she's trained the horse? She's a jockey? Okay, so she's not officially a jockey, no, but she rides the horse and trains the horse. Uh, and so she, she doesn't have that itch to be a jockey, is what you're saying. Well, she she probably could do it. But she so doesn't she has the jockey's bike. itch. What's that? She, she has the jockey, jockey's itch? She does not have jockey itch, no, because she doesn't have the proper equipment. But she could. If she had the proper equipment, she would have jockey itch. Jockey itch. Jockey <laughs> itch, yes. It's just always just a little, little itch. We saw body. another horse movie with uh, Walter Matthau, which I always get Little Miss. He's like a Little Miss Marker. Little Miss Fun Marker. Fun movie. Special Hammett. This oh, time, my first thought was Let It Ride, but I realized no, that's the horse racing movie with Richard Dreyfuss, not the one with Walter Matthau. Okay, I missed. Yeah. And then the uh, California Split. There was a lot of like gambling movies. Power. George Segal. Okay, so what's happening right now is Eileen Brennan is inviting them both to to live with her, be at her home. You'll have your own room. It's really because she wants to. So Chrissy McNichol is like, she wants that. She wants you. that grease poster. Is what it's all about. <laughs> he goes, "You're not scamming me. You just want to bang my dad. You don't love me. You don't love me." That's what but she's going back to Aunt May and Uncle Ben, right? I mean, she's going to go to school in fall. Yeah, see, that's a, fl a flaw in the plot. In that one, we <laughs> Aunt were May set and Uncle up, ben. Nice. We were set up to believe she was returning <laughs> for school. But the rest of the film, it doesn't really act like that. It, it acts like dad is now dad, and that's who she lives with. Yeah. And she's never met dad before, right? But they, they click right. immediately. Uh, no, if you watched it with the sound, you would see that all of Act One was them not clicking. And they have a connection now, but they're going to fight even right now, you know? Oh, 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 oh. Um, may I pitch a film that I would return back to watch with you guys at a later date? If it's yeah. on YouTube, yes. 
la- oh gosh, last time I checked it's on YouTube. I hope it right. still is. <laughs> it, it, it's called The Man with the Power. Mike knows the movie that I'm referring to. Uh, it is the TV movie that Persis Kambata made before she got Star Trek. Yeah, that's right. I read about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure it's out there too, Charlie. <laughs> write that down. I'm opening yeah. up my pencil case. It's a, it's a TV movie. Like It's a pilot. You know, specifically, it, it didn't get sold, and she wouldn't have been on the show even if it had sold. But much like this, it's 20 minutes of story stretched out to like two hours of screen time. Lots, yeah, lots of you know, lots of people watching as a car pulls up. Lots of this kind of thing. I have to admit, this movie is a huge stretch for an hour and 40 minute movie with the, the storyline so far. It's just oh like, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. This this used to be entertainment. People used to just watch this. A two-minute scene of a car pulling up and people walking into a house. This used to be entertainment. Oh, that's how they would set up. Oh, you remember the movie uh, where the where the Buffalo Room with Bill Yes, the Bill, the Bill yes. Murray uh, one that Neil Young did the music for, yeah. There's a scene where he like parks his car and then walks into the courtroom and it takes like two minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one asked. Yeah. In, yeah. Nighthaw- in Nighthawks, the movie that Persis made after Star Trek, there's just like long scenes of her character just getting out of a cab and walking down the street and going into a place and walking. Yeah, just so much. You would, or you can't, I can't watch Columbo anymore. I've tried to watch like the early Columbo seasons and so much of it is just him driving to places. You're right about that. I, 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 I can still endure it, but you're exactly right about that. There's a lot. Just like so much filler, it's amazing. The man it's like say what you will about MTV editing. It. Say what you about MTV. At least they move. You know, it's like the Nazis. They move shit along. You know, give them credit right. for that. <laughs> well, you have this formula now, especially when you're watching movie comedy shot in Georgia, where you know they they kind of do a sitcom. There's an exterior shot. There's a shot of the car. There's a shot of the store. They're inside the store. You know what I mean? Like it moves it along storyboard wise. Mm-hmm. Now look what's in her hand. She's got her John Travolta. Uh, she's got her Queen well, poster. Let, let's let's be honest here. She's got her Olivia Newton John poster. That's right. what it is. Uh. <laughs> You're right about that. Yeah. Oh, but look at Travolta's eyes. Travolta's eyes yeah. are watching us. Oh, that's creepy. That is the creepiest thing I've ever seen. Poor guy. Suddenly, it's a Halloween movie. Yikes. We've never talked about the fact that December seventh is Pearl Harbor Day. Is that interesting at all well i was wrong i thought it was this, the premiere date of the movie but the, i guess the movie was on the 8th the next oh no, your first broad oh wow first broadcast was december 6th 19 no no no. wait 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 no 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 7th right december 7th 1979 that's right according right. to the imdb yeah and then star trek came out that night as that mm-hmm. night as well right yep that yeah all right so this is for the cheap dads out there who want some <laughs> Oh, it's in a piece of quiet. Hey, look, I got a horse for you. Chrissy McNichols here. Honey, you love Alberts. We're not going out. <laughs> <laughs> but if we had done Killer Fish, we could have done the joke where it's like, you go to the movies, hmm, what do I want to see? Yeah, I remember Steve Austin. I'll see Killer Fish. <laughs> Although I, I love, I love Mike that you just said Ellen Burstyn, which makes me think that like the the, the kids like, okay, fine, I'll stay home and watch an Ellen Burstyn film. They're like, yeah, it's not Ellen Burstyn, it's Eileen Brennan. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, you lied to me. Dad. You promised you promised me Burstyn, and you brought me Brennan. I'm a horrible dad. <laughs> Listen, I'm drunk. I only work every night of the week. 
Uh, I wanted to mention something. Charlotte, you brought up a really good point. We were going to do Killer Fish because that came out the same night as Star Trek. Yes. That was, one of the few, that was one of the few films to open opposite Star Trek the motion picture because otherwise the studios just cleared their slates for that day. That's how big a deal they knew Star Trek was going to be. They didn't even want to put anything up against it. Except well, I mean, for... He... He 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 declined the colon R. It was a big big movie. Oh sure sure. Was there like a Jules Verne movie that opened that night as well, or like played the week before? Like when Blizzard attacks. That you sounds could... that sounds vaguely familiar. If you'd asked me a year and a half ago, I would have known for sure. But yeah, yeah. All my research for that book has been like displaced by my research for the next book, so I couldn't tell fair, you for fair sure. Enough. <laughs> Well, we we uh, we discovered, or I just uh, Carl informed me that uh, Mystery Science Theater has already did it. And Sherilyn, you were talking about that episode and how that just kind of disconnected you from the series. Yeah. So, Killer Fish is like the fifth episode of the most recent season of Mystery Science Theater three thousand, which is the new season on Netflix. And in fact, Mystery Science Theater three thousand is why I got Netflix. I subscribed to Netflix for the new Mystery Science Theater 3000 because I, it's, it's ultimately my favorite show. It's the show that means the most to me. It like, had a huge influence cool. on my sense of humor. I mean, it's, a re it's the reason I did Bad Movie Night for 10 years. Yeah, it was you know, an opportunity to do MST3K live. But, so the, but these last couple of years, it's like, so the new, the new series, I was watching it and it was like, okay, it's, it's Tom and it's Crow and it's like all these things and it's movie riffing. <clears throat> but about 20 minutes into Killer Fish, which is the second to last episode of the most recent season, I realized I don't care anymore. I don't care, or more to the point, I don't care about the people who are doing the riffing. I don't like Jonah Ray, and I can't tell the personalities of the other two people apart. Their voices sound the same, the characters sound the same, and it's just a bunch of bros making jokes, just saying the lines to the screen but not to each other, you know? It's just them It's just them saying the lines like they're not even with each other. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I just don't care anymore about Mystery Science 2000 because I don't care about these characters. And the movie that I was watching when I realized that was indeed Killer Fish. Right, mm -hmm. your, your old uh, synergy there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is funny too, because I, I would have to say that the original actors you know, they were all grew up in 50s camp, mm -hmm. and there, it is camp, and it is collective. So when you are riffing, you are, you know, acknowledging it together. It's, yeah. And being not a live show, which we, which you produced for 10 years, and I was part of, it's, it's, you have, a, you can afford the timing to rewrite a joke and say it exactly at this point, and the audio will get muddled because you're producing the audio. Uh, so <laughs> it becomes more pinpointed, I guess. But yeah, they don't really talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And part of what was so fun about doing Bad Movie Night, and especially doing Bad Movie Night with you, was making each other laugh. Yeah. It's like there was nothing better than just being overcome with laughter because of the joke of the person sitting next to me. It's like, I liked it when I got off a good one, but the best thing was when the people who are riffing with me made me laugh. That was what it was all about, that kind of sense of yeah. community to it. And it's just not there. And you know what? Riff Tracks does it. The Rift Tracks does a great job of it. The ones with Mike and Mike and Bill and Kevin are great. And as I was telling Mike, especially the ones with Mary Jo Peel I'm and sorry, Bridget Nelson. I got, I got to interrupt. Now, 
Warren Oates is going to get his ass kicked now, and Act Three is literally again. Yeah. Now, now she, they were having an argument about the boy, and she spooked the horse. And so Warren Oates is going to end up in the hospital because of her, although that won't play out as a big guilt thing. But that is the truth about why he's there. This guy is um, Howard. This is his only appearance in the whole film. You've seen him before. He was in Roots. He was in um, uh, here Roots, is. which we, Roots, which was directed by the director of this movie, John Ehrman. Oh, no way. Yes, he did do some Roots. Uh, I think he did the new. Did he do all of them? No, he did the probably new not one. all. No. Yeah. Oh, I can see him getting offers. Hey, I have a new film pitch for you. Was it written by Ernest Hemingway or Alex Huxley? Uh, no, it wasn't. Well, I'm not interested. <laughs> okay, he's already gone, and I couldn't find his write-up. But you, <laughs> he was on Into the Night as a TV show. Um, he was, I don't know. He got around. Yeah. He got around. So, now she learns that they're going to kill the horse. Okay? They're going to uh, uh. kill Guilford. So, she's got to go to the vet and appeal to the vet. Do not kill Guildford. Ah, where do I put my letter? Where do I put my letter? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's oh, a great. Oh, come on, come on, tie your sweater like him. Right. Well, tie the sweater, dude. Oh, go, you're almost cute. there. Tie it all the way. A dead a couple. A dead a couple. Come on, do oh, it like David Marcus in Star Trek Two. Come on. <laughs> that will go away and then come back in the early '80s, like Duran Duran time. You'll always see it in catalogs for, um, uh, you know, like the yeah. clothing Jesus. sales. Guy's been on horse tranquilizer himself. The horse has a history. Oh, those eyes! He's he's scanning her. I think her head's about to explode. Is what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm surprised, Carl. We haven't said that the horse didn't have a speaking line. I'm really proud of us. <laughs> All right, Carl, I give up. Why didn't the horse have a speaking line? Oh, I'm sorry, I stepped away because I had to get his character actor information. Uh, Peter Mahoney is this vet. He was in uh, Desperately Seeking Susan and JFK and Private Parts and Thinner and Boiler Room. He's for real. And now you saw in that fight scene in which Warren Oates was getting his ass kicked by the horse, the horse did not speak during that part, even huh. though it was scripted. You know why, Mike? No, Carl, why didn't the horse speak? Well, that particular day of shooting, he was a little horse, you know? He was, he was just horse, so they did... They oh, thank God. Oh, thank you, Carl. I've been waiting the entire fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. Over that's our horse racing. And they were oh. like, this ex-swine okay. is, is hysterical. Oh, I, I am honored to have witnessed that joke. Thank you for that. <laughs> We trudged it out. I appreciate it. I, I, I'm honored. I'm, tru- I'm truly blessed. Thank you. <laughs> if this movie was an hour and 20 minutes, we wouldn't have bothered. <laughs> now, in the Hemingway book, uh, short story, uh, short story that's story. not how he gets hurt at all. He's doing a race. It's in France. He's a jockey. And, back, and then they would do a lot of hurdles as well. It wasn't just you know, a track in a circle. And and he got thrown, and he you know he he doesn't it doesn't happen the same way in which it's the the child's fault like it is. 
sometimes I wonder, is it really based on that short story? Because it shares like some names and some questioning about morality, and that's it. So this this might as well be called Ernest Hemingway's The Lawnmower Man, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. This should be Ernest Hemingway's Police Academy 7, Go to Moscow. It just doesn't... Mission to Moscow, yeah. Mission to Moscow. Get it right. Which uh, the guy who wrote Working Trash directed that. The guy who directed Working Trash is also. Oh, right. With George Carlin. Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller, Carlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He directed Mission to Moscow. Yeah, that's that's right. The best Russian movie out there. That's one of the only ones you don't like, because you love that too. You know, Sharon Lynn and I watched all the police academies at at the station a couple years back. That's true, we did. Yep. Yeah, Ape kind of there's a lot of like ba- a lot of physical comedy. Like first off, the the mousy woman and uh, uh, Hightower and whatever the other guys, they're not in it. Like they wouldn't, they didn't want her in it. The little mousy woman. <laughs> so one of the other guys says, "Fuck it, I'm not in it." Bubba but, Smith. Uh, Bubba Smith is very loyal. Yeah. Yeah, Bubba Smith. Right. The other guy, George Keynes, who I know his name. He he speaks various languages, including Russian. Russian, so he was okay. But it's a lot of it's choreographed uh, chicanery, like a lot of doubles doing crack balls or spinning uh, in the air. Like it, it's really weird physical comedy. Uh, it was it's almost it was like they, it's almost like they were running out of ideas by then. Huh. <laughs> they had to go like halfway around the world to come up with an idea. <laughs> Let's go to Miami again. No, no, no. Think bigger. So now we learn that. He's off to college, and he doesn't know when he'll see her again, you know. Like, it's always just implied. They never really do anything. We saw the dance scene. I don't think they kissed. I think they just got close. Mm-hmm. We saw Warren get it on, though. Yeah. Yeah, I like that this movie goes for the old people's sex rather than the young people's yeah. sex. <laughs> That's what's appropriate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you put Eileen Brennan and baby James Morrison together, yeah, that, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world either. But just so long as you have Eileen Brennan and bed, Eileen Brennan and, oh, see, there's there's the opportunity you missed. Christy McNichol and Eileen Brennan. Ah, that would have been your match made in heaven right there. Oh, right there, yeah. I just know that I could go see Star Trek or I could watch Warren Oates with his shirt off. <laughs> Warren Oates, Warren Oates. Warren Oates. Written, written by, was Tchaikovsky, what's his name? Written by, who wrote War and Oates? Uh, oh, War and Oates was written by, uh, not, not Navikov. Brezhnikov. Rez, uh, Tolstoy. Who wrote it? Theodore Dom- Horseman, I think. Dominic. It was written by Dominic. Dominic, of course, yeah. <laughs> Okay, now Dostoevsky, Dostoevsky. There, there's no such thing as a cell phone, so they had to call the track, which had to call the place that does the the loudspeaker, which had to uh-huh. call to her. So she had to go and said, "You called me on the loudspeaker." And says, "Yeah, go to the hospital. Something happened. I don't know what." Oh, was that kind of like? Is it like dead. in Lord of the Rings where they have to light that one that one fire, then the other fires all light up around the mountains? Right. Same principle. Well, it's just like if she had a cell phone, right? Sure. Come to the hospital, your father's woken up. But she got she played a game of literal tele, literal telephone. 
Fuck you, my other estranged son wouldn't do that to me. My other estranged son? So like, he must uh, have other children, right? Oh, he surely does, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. He's a nice guy. Are you yeah, saying that he, are you saying that Warren did not sow his wild oats? I'm pretty sure he did. With 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 Irene Brennan. It's this is a backdoor pilot. See, week after week he finds another child of his. Like he goes on the road. He's like I'm in a stream with funny, you. Mike. That's funny. Every week the main That's, character yeah. yeah, gets a long yeah. lost child and they reunite and rekindle. Then he sends them off to college or off to war or something, right? Just okay. closure, resolution, and then he goes off again with the Incredible Hulk. And, right. Right. and, and he takes finds another child. And I like the idea that he gets sent off to war at the end of every episode. Finds a long-lost child and sends them off to war. I like that. Or, or, or like, yeah, but nobody can launch him on a ship because of a merchant vessel. Sure. Or he could, you know, send them back to high school. you got to get your GED. You always wanted to be in high school. This is your chance. Listen, you are a military man. You're right. I met your mom in Fallujah anyway, so, you know, we were both on duty. I think that makes sense. Thanks, Dad. Oh, let go of her arm, Warren Oates. So he's super triple weak. And, uh, you know, but he's awake now, and he obviously can understand what's going on. Now we're going to learn the backstory of how... Okay. The uh, Mr. Noodle's brother drank a horse that gave him super horse <laughs> run pills, and then he got caught. And so him and dad of uh, Mr. Noodle's brother said... Dad of Mr. Noodle's brother, okay, which would be Which would be Mr. Noodle's dad, too. I don't mean that on purpose. <laughs> would... Um, and the doctor was a woman. On, blamed it on Warren Oates, okay? And so Warren Oates had to go to court, and... The court was believing him, and then the prosecutor is like, would you believe it, drunk, your honor? So he got kicked out for three years. Okay, now it all makes sense. Yep, that's the backstory. <laughs> that's why we didn't like each other. <laughs> and none so of that is in the short story. In the short story, he gets involved with some seedy people, and it does lead to his demise. And the son questions, was his father moral or immoral? Because around him, he was moral as hell. But when back is turned... Well, you have to do that with Hemingway stories, don't you? The same thing happened with the killers. There were like the two, at least two different versions of the killers. And it's like a, it's a five-page story. It's like a two-minute read. It's like in and out one scene. And there were like at least two different movies where they had to like design a whole two-hour-long film around this five-minute scene. Yeah. And they were both good. They were both they were both really good movies. One of so, them being one of them being the last film uh, Ronald Reagan was in. That was the Don Siegel t TV. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. So have you, have you seen the Criterion? I I took and checked that for the library show. The Criterion edition of that. I reviewed the Criterion edition of it for SF Weekly about five years ago. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. See, they had like an additional German movie. Do you remember that? Like it was. There was like one more. Yeah, like a pilot or like some. You know, TV Playhouse thing or something. I forget what exactly, but basically, yeah, there's three different versions of the killers on there. Yeah. Michael and I have highlighted on this show the Crafteterian collection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't miss it. The Dixie there. Sure. Okay, now, she has convinced the vet not to kill the horse, but now she needs a jockey. 
So she goes to Mr. Noodle's brother and says, you got to be the jockey. And Mr. Noodle's brother says, hey, fuck you. Oh, yeah, because he tried to make amends, right? He's like, sorry. He I gave him a lot of money. He gave him a winner. He's like, I don't like your horse and I don't like you. It is kind if, of if my brother, Mr. Noodles, was here, I tell you what, ooh, you're lucky he's <laughs> you're lucky my brother, Mr. Noodles, isn't here. Mike, look so, how his hair is standing up top. You know what's going to happen. Carolyn, you see it, right? He's oh, I totally see out. it. Mm-hmm. Can't we just enjoy his hair right now in 1979? Come on. To ruin everybody's hair, Carl. What about Christy McNichols' hair? Is it different now? No. Uh, no, she looks the same today. Now, she retired in 2014. But um, let's see. She's got some. I sent you a picture here. She really looks the same. I mean, it, it's her again, but it's older. Yeah. That's all. She was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, and that's when she left TV. That was 1992. She was on Empty Nest, the spinoff of The Golden Girls. Oh, uh, Golden Manor? Yeah. She made uh, the, Rich, the Richard Mulligan show, if memory serves. Uh, she oh, Empty Nest. She the role yeah. of Barbara Westman on Empty Nest, the spinoff of The Golden Girls. She left the show in 1992. After being diagnosed with bipolar disorder, returned for its final episode in 95. It was her last on-screen performance. She's done voice characters, Ghostbusters. Excuse me, extreme Ghostbusters. Yeah. Get it right. <laughs> is that the official version, or is that like... According to IMDb, she was on one episode of Extreme Ghostbusters as Michelle. There was a cartoon from the 70s called Ghostbusters, and when... Ghostbusters became big. They were like, we're the real Ghostbusters. And, uh, uh, so uh, one point of order is that the show you're referring to was actually a live-action show. Hanna-Barbera made a live-action show called The Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters oh. being two words, I might add. And then when the movie became a hit, the unrelated film became a hit in 1984, then they revived the property <clears throat> as an animated series. But it was a but it was originally a, a a live action series starring Forrest Tucker and one other guy like that whose name escapes me at the moment. But uh, Forrest Tucker, Tucker, some other guy. Tucker Forrest, I think Tucker Forrest. Also. Oh, Tucker Forrest, of course, right? Yeah, tip of my tongue there. But yeah, that was a live action series that they then remade as an animated series, which is why the series spun off from the Columbia film was called The Real Ghostbusters differentiate it and as a fuck you to the filmation Ghostbusters. Right. Okay, and now he, a, he's trying to finish your thought because this is important for plot because it's going to be tomorrow okay. morning in a second. Here's, here's my thought. Bob Pope had a movie called Ghostbusters. Go ahead. Pow! Uh, here's um, my thought. It was called The Ghost Breakers, wasn't it? Ghost Breakers. Yeah, you're right. Like Gang Breakers. <laughs> Ghost Breakers. Damn it. Or, okay. union, or Union Breakers. Yeah. Yeah, so that'd be that'd be Busters actually come under it. But sorry, what, what's your what's your thought there, Carl? Um Wow, wow, I didn't call it the Ghostbusters guy, I gotta tell you. Um Okay, she can't find a jockey and she's gotta run space <gasps> tomorrow, so she is going to pretend to be the jockey. Uh, she's gonna pretend to be uh, Noodle's brother. But she's a girl. Jockeys can't be girls. Well, That's like a jockey being a chef. You can't have If that. you've seen Dragon Slayer, they'll pretend. If you've seen Game of Thrones, 
a young girl will pretend to be a boy and it will work. What if I've only seen Milan? Does that count? Yeah, does that count? Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Is Mushu going to be with her? You think Yenta would have had it easier if she had like a little dragon with her? Mushu. Well, you love Golden Raspberry Awards, and uh, Christy McNichol was nominated for one in the 1982. It was Worst Actress, uh, the Pirates movie. Oh, I have seen that. But she wasn't the worst thing in that movie. Believable. She she was only nominated. She didn't win. For a long time, pirate movies were like box office disasters. Like, you couldn't make, like, uh, Pippi Gina Davis movie didn't do so well. And, you know, so when the, that Disney movie came out, people were like, ugh. And then it became like a super smash. The Pirates of the Caribbean? Caribbean. 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 Pirates. Thank you very much. Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> That's it exactly, yes. Well, I haven't finished the title. Uh, the Search <laughs> for the Lost, uh, Quest, Dead Men, Tell No, the uh, something. I love it. Greenlight it right Chronicles, now. Dead Men, Tell No Chronicles. <laughs> I can't think of a single subtitle from those movies or like from the Transformer movies. Transformer, Night of the Moon. Robots in Disguise. Oh, shit. I feel so bad. I was telling my car how much I hate robots, and I didn't realize it was a Transformer. I'm sorry. Oh, to... Embarrassing for you. Oh, my goodness. You must have been yeah. so bad. Check your privilege, Mike. Fucking Optimus Prime. Why are you crying, car? I got to go. We're having some heartfelt stuff. We're having encouragement for the race. Uh, we're having regret. But uh, but if I hadn't done it, it wouldn't have ended up this way. What a weird pose she's in, though. Sorry, I'm just looking at like her angle. That's just... Very ca casual. Yeah, that's Want weird. Want to tell me something, Pop? You got one shot. You got to get use it. Yeah, they have to return the tank in five minutes, so they have to get the shot right now. Oh, so why don't you move up your bed? I don't think my character would move up your bed. All right, you bastard. Never mind. Chrissy, go ahead and squat over me. He's not spoiled in this. This is pretty early uh, in her career. He's on Battle of the Network stars around this time, okay? Well, everybody was. Yeah, but he, everybody who's nobody. I mean, <laughs> you know, Farrah Fawcett wasn't She'd on probably that. did a good job. It depends on who your team captain is. If you've got, like, Winkler, you're set. If you went watch Battle of the Network stars, like you would see people who weren't the main ones on Dallas. You would see, you know, um, it's it's everyone who would have been on the Love Boat or Fantasy Island yeah, would also yeah. show up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but usually it's like NBC music. stars. But I just have a few things to dump on you as this. It's not going to end yet, but. <laughs> The guy who did the music uh, wrote the theme song for The Outer Limits. Is that interesting? Yeah. I don't think, yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, let's go with that. Okay, yeah. the cinematographer did Brian De Palma's Phantom of the Paradise. Nice. He did concert films for Bruce Springsteen and Alice Cooper. Do we care about that? Oh, no, but I, I got to mention one thing, Carl. Okay. I'm agreeing with Sherilyn. Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo was a piece of shit. 
and yeah. really, really interesting and who gives a shit that the church is now a hole in the ground who cares Vertigo was, well, I'll tell you, that guy. And yeah. He, yeah, and it would be about height. I did see Vertigo, and I'm not remembering it very clearly. Actually, I actually go into a great detail about Vertigo versus Citizen Kane in my new book. Oh, you do? Oh, well, oh yeah, I no do, finally. Citizen Kane is the superior. Oh, yeah, yeah. Vertigo isn't even Hitchcock's best film, let alone the best film by anybody ever. It's just not. Uh-huh. You brought that up in your book, and you're absolutely right. I mean, it's people like that movie because it presents a city that doesn't exist, and that connects with the movie, but it doesn't really, you know. Now, look, just there's assholes. a secret jockey uniform. Ooh. Hide it, hide it. This is contraband at this point. It's Victoria's Secret. She's a jockey. <laughs> That's right. That's her secret. <laughs> look, see that nice gift the rich college boy got her? It's the horse engagement, Nicholas. Right. Is that this, an engagement, this ring, Ivy wed my horse. You got me an engagement, Nicholas? Oh, uh, uh Nicholas. I, I love how underwhelmed she is. She's barely whelmed. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is right. the case of, oh, so this is happening, huh? All right. Ah, it's a bracelet. Do you think that's okay if you're going to jock in a race? You should have a bracelet. Yeah, you don't even lose things to anyone. It's like, this is 1979. A girl is not allowed to not let something like this happen. See, I don't... Are they going to kiss? See how they don't even kiss? It's from Uh, my sister. Okay, I'll fake it. Oh, fake smile. Oh, my God. Fakest of the fake. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, Jesus Christ. There's no chemistry in this. He does not know... He doesn't know how shined on he just got. He has no idea. (laughs) He thinks that was a success. He really does. Oh. Those now, two, but, and the, the guy from Brandeis wrote it because you could tell there's no chemistry. Well, bingo! Oh, love that old, love that old radio. Yeah, yeah that's um, from Gilligan's Island, actually. <laughs> Art Bell, coast to coast. <laughs> yeah. But first, Paul Harvey with the rest yes. of the story. <laughs> Perfect. Good day. Good day, page seven. Now the producer of this film was a freedom fighter for Hungary during the Second World War and was jailed by the Nazis. Do we care about that? He worked on the film and he was killed by the Nazis? I care about nothing when there's a jockey parade on the screen. Bingo. (laughs) There we are. Now, he's going to have to, she is going to have to pretend that she is he. She's a dude. Keep her elf. Yeah, she's she's Milaning up in this bitch. Oh, banana. Guy eating so banana. what's going to happen here is he's going to help her up with the one leg, and he's going to say, there's no bulge in your crotch. That Pretty, one's uh, top trunk. Guy has a lot of time on his hands. People are Fabulous. still talking. They're wearing ties here. Suits. Ugly. De- I mean, I, I'm not the first to say this, but, but good lord, what an ugly decade that was. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I have I have determined that the ugliest the ugliest year was 1972, and the ugliest month of 1972 was September, and in spite of that, that's the month I was conceived. It's this that's weird, false. this weird kind of like syzygy, this weird kind of conjunction where well, I I was somehow conceived during the during the one month 
in all of human history when everyone on the planet was unfuckable. Wait, why <laughs> September? How did you come up with September? Like, I know it's just the month you were born, but... I, I was born June, June 1973, so, uh, busting out, busting out the calculator on my iPhone tells me that I would have been conceived oh, around conceived September 1972, yeah. <laughs> but they might have gone to a resort. They might have not been, like, at home. So, I've always hoped it was like I've always hoped it was a key party, actually. <laughs> that somehow I was conceived. I've always hoped they had key parties and that they somehow ended up having sex with each other anyway, and that's how I was conceived. But at least that there were other couples in the house at the time. Yeah. I want to believe that about my parents. They don't have so, key parties um, now. We are you? in the third act here and we are in the home stretch, literally and figuratively. And this is going to be the raid uh, that ends the film. Yeah, there are four minutes left. I hope we're in the third act by now. <laughs> oh, my God. Does the horse kill everybody like he killed War Notes? That would be great. That would have been a much better ending. Like a revenge ending where he shoots the horse, shoots everybody, and they just say, the end. <laughs> this time it's personal. Yeah. So there she is hiding amongst the legitimate jockeys. Nobody knows it's her. Yeah, she only hangs around this racetrack every day. And, you know, I'm beginning to think that the Grease poster is not going to pay off. Just a hunch I have. but We still have three minutes. <laughs> That's true. It still could make a comeback. Oh, maybe John Travolta will come out and hug and kiss her when she wins. Oh, yeah. But John Travolta as the boy in the plastic bubble, because this is actually a stealth sequel to that. That was around this time, I think. Mm -hmm. 76, wasn't it? We did that one. Was it yeah, we did. Oh, everybody's done that one. It's public domain, so yeah. <laughs> I thought it was Bubble Boy. I got it mixed up. And here comes the horses. Wow. I don't, I don't care who's in first. I quit the job a second. Fuck everybody in this place is third. You know, sometimes I think there's nothing more important than watching the party. Oh, no, the sky. 